Hello, my fellow Brappentonians, and welcome to Brap Talk. This is a weekly podcast where we discuss the happenings of the motorcycle industry. I am your host, Jensen Beeler of Asphalt and Rubber, and joining me on this two-wheeled adventure, the rainbow to my rainy day, Mr. Shaheen Hovindy! They call me Mr. Blue Sky. You're just a little bunch of sunshine. Mr. Bunch Blue of Sky. Well, I can't even... I can't even enunciate today. Uh, you know, they call me Mr. Boombastic, and I'm fantastic. Accurate way of describing you. Yeah. that's You should put that on a business card. <laughs> That'd be amazing. My motocross uh, license plate. <laughs> actually, maybe my license plate, Boombastic. Boombastic. <laughs> and then have like the license plate frame in the That bottom. should actually be the license plate if I could make that fit on the Aprilia. It is super Boombastic. Yeah. That thing's boomy. Tell me about your Aprilia because you finally got to take it for a spin. Oh, man. I rode that thing all the way to the coast and back. Did you really? Yeah, in where'd, the rain. Where'd you go? With fresh tires. That's fine. That's it's, probably fine. It's you know, th- there's the the beauty in having a super analog motorcycle with the rumbly low bottom end grumble V twin in it. Every time you go to pass somebody with fresh tires, it's like uh, 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 a little squiggle, oh, little squiggle, squiggle. Just drawn on the asphalt. Just, uh, just uh, left a couple of little brown spots behind there, but the bike. You know, it, it's interesting. You sit on these older bikes, you realize they they kind of made them a little bit tight, like the the ass to um, ankle ratio, your leg being bent. Ass to ankle yeah. ratio. Ass to foot that's, ratio. That's like the cosine of your knee bend. Yeah, it's angle. the apex of the vortex between your a hole, your arch of your foot. Okay. Anyways, it's a lot. It's a lot Still closer sure than the more about. modern bikes, like the like a current Street Fighter that I'm used to is far more physically comfortable for me than a 2004 Tuona. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the generation, especially on Italian bikes. One, that's the generation of Italian bikes where, like, ergonomics oh, yeah. was not a... This was like a, a four-letter word. Yeah. That's not happening. This was a naked bike, but not a comfortable naked yeah. bike. Yeah, but they were also kind of, like, Italian-sized. <laughs> and I don't want you to take this the wrong way. <laughs> I'm a big boy. You are not Italian-sized. Neither not. of us are Italian-sized no, no, gentlemen. No. I eat a lot of Italian food. That's the problem. But, you know, then I look like I, Shaheen. I literally text messaged someone like an hour ago and being like, I'd really kill for a lasagna right now. I will make you the best lasagna you've ever had. I will gladly let you do that. Challenge accepted. Done. That's what's up. Sign me up. <laughs> um, yeah, so I rode it 250-ish miles in two days. Nice. Yeah, I went out camping because that's what you do in November in Oregon. Totally warm. For Super it. warm in the coast. It was a probably not too, balmy too cold 35 degrees at night. It was fine. That's fine. It was fine. That's what the inside of my house is at That's night. Right. So a couple like of things this bike doesn't have that my Multistrada has. Heat of grips. Heat of grips. Yeah. <laughs> that and might be a thing you get maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Heat of grips. Not a bad idea to have on. But you know, I kind of like the bike being raw the way it is. I don't have heated grips on the Street Fighter. Yeah, it's not a bike you put heated grips I on. I just butch it up a little bit when it's cold out. I did have a really nice Facebook thread on my page when I put up a picture of the bike and the the original owner apparently like he went through hell and high water to get that bike to run well with that custom uh titanium exhaust on there the Jardine so I thought but it's not it's it's uh Tig Tig Industries or something it's straight from Japan custom made every inch of it it looks like a Jardine it is not why is that? it has a Jardine sticker on it though doesn't no, it no it doesn't we really? just kind of looked at we glanced at it if you look at it it says Tig Tig something, Tig Industries or something like that. Really? Yeah. It is. And then, so after I learned that, you know, I'm looking at it and at the shop, you know, I, I had the tires changed. And uh, when Sean 
the the mechanic took the rear wheel off, you can see these beautiful little, you know, perfect weld marks all around it. So instead of taking just a tube and then bending it, they would just cut little bits and angles and then just weld them together. Are you looking at a picture of the bike? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, look at that. Yeah. It is a beautiful exhaust. I remember when, when I saw it at Moto Corsa, I was looking at the welds on the headers. And I was like, that looks super neat. That looks super nice. So apparently it took a lot of work to make the thing run right. Apparently these old Rotax motors did not like being tinkered with too much. Hmm. Uh, you know, Italians. But all that to say, she runs. She runs a beautiful. Uh, you push and you push and you push and uh, sometimes you break traction. A lot. <clears throat> no ABS. No traction. No need. No, but it does have a slipper clutch, which works really well. That might be one of the most amazing transmissions I've ever ridden. It's just so smooth, so nice. It's just perfectly little spaced clicks between gears. You need to ride this bike. I do. Yeah, it's, it's, it is a pleasure for a 16-year-old animal to just, it's just very, very lively and fun. So two thumbs up. Love that bike. Gonna would keep it would recommend. Time. Would recommend, 100%. What's the weather doing tomorrow? We're gonna come it's tomorrow. supposed to be nice. It's not bad tomorrow. Yeah. I'm going to actually have sunshine. I'll, uh, I'll write it to the shop. Come by and write it. Okay. It's been so cold and rainy It's been so here. cold and rainy. I'm so sorry because I left. You did. I was like, fuck, fuck you, rain. You're like, I'm going to California to go ride an awesome Honda 125. Yeah. That's what I did. <laughs> I got on a plane. Not doing that again. Yeah. That was, that's, that, that that was stupid. Sounds... Airports are stupid again. Uh, that's, a, that's a shady uh, decision over there, buddy. Yeah. I flew like six months ago and it wasn't <laughs> so bad. It kind of it was like kind of hit or miss. Now it's just full stupid. It's just full stupid. You were saying like people getting on and off the plane. That's where the shenanigans begin. That's where it really is. It's not so much like when you're on the plane flying. And and I was just reading a story the other day about like they were they were looking at the research of it and, and they're saying like planes just to begin with use a 50-50% mix of air that's recycled versus straight from the atmosphere. Right. So and then like the recycled air goes through a HEPA, uh, HEPA filter. So you're you're doing pretty good in terms of like air recirculation and breathing and other people's nonsense. So it's a clean fart box. Where they say you get in trouble though is when you're sitting at the gate getting on and off the plane because they're like the the plane's not doing the recirculation because it's not plugged in. Yeah, it's plugged into like a air vac. You see the vacuum hose yeah. that's attached to the plane. It's, it's just kind of like freewheeling and that's that's when I was sitting there. I was sitting in my seat and I'm lucky I got upgraded to first class cuz it just gave me a little bit more space. Ooh, you fancy. So fancy. I got that status. Sam's Eddie. Yeah. Works out pretty well. Uh, there's like no perks to being like first class anymore. That's no. just, they don't give you food. No. They don't give you drinks. No. You have to get on the plane. Well, you can get on the plane whenever you want, but like boarding first, don't get on the plane first. Oh. I so you know, I'm just sitting there and like everyone's asses to elbows trying to get onto the plane, which is like just dumb because it's not, you know, six feet staying away from each other and all that nonsense. So I just look up and there's like 10 people just like on top of me just trying to like do the thing. Just doing the typical like people. I'm on an airplane so I lost like 80 IQ points yeah. thing. <laughs> I don't know how to function. A yeah. human is hard being human. There's uh, something about traveling that just makes people really dumb. It is. I don't know what it is. And it's just in the time of COVID I, I just got no time for dumb people and, and like coughing. Like people coughing. I'm just like are you serious? You coughing in here, motherfucker? Get out of here. I've been coughing for a week now. Yeah, but you got tested. I got That's tested. That's actually, we, we should tell our listeners, we had, we had a little delay because we were worried we you had the we COVID. I, I was. I had to go get tested. I had a little cough action. I say little. Here's the thing. I had like debilitating asthma as a child, preteen. And, you know, the, the side effects of that now as an adult, as soon as I get some kind of a cough, it's like a month 
ordeal. I get a cough. That's crazy. Yeah, but now in these times, in these times, that should be a drinking word uh, phrase at this point. Anytime someone says in these times, the end fucking of drinks. The times Anyways, I've been coughing, and um, it got pretty bad around like Thursday night. So I was like, oh, I better not go to, go to work and see what's going on. And then so I went to, uh, well, I, I, so if you have any symptoms, your doctor says, don't come in, we'll do a video conference. So I did a little video thing, and they asked me for all of the symptoms, nothing, just cough. And so she was like, you probably have bronchitis, but let's get you tested. And I did, and negative bronchitis. They, they stick the thing down your nose? Dude. So it was self-administered, which, by the way, is... Fuck that. Yeah. So every bit of you says, don't do this thing. So they just give you... I'm sure several listeners have probably had the test done at this point, and so they'll agree. But basically, they give you a cut and sw- cotton swab, and it needs to go at least an inch, inch and a half up your nose. And you don't think that's that much until you put it in there. And so I go, you're going to do this? She goes, no, no, it's self-administered. You're going to go and do it to yourself. So it was a drive through one. They just hand it to you. And then they step back a couple of feet and just watch you intently. And so she was super cool. She well, was you like, gotta do this. this isn't like a take it home thing. This is, no, you gotta, here's the thing. They're supposed to, I keep hearing that they're going to make a self-administered home test, but I don't trust people to do this thing. Cause it's, it's a terrible feeling. Um, and so anyways, she's like, just put your fingers halfway through it and then shove it up your nose. And when your fingers touch your nostrils, you're in. And then swirl it four or five times per nostril and then give it back to me. So I was like, sure, no problem. <laughs> it went up in there and I was like, this is the worst feeling. In the, like I'm scratching the bottom of my brain now. Yeah, I, the face you're making is the face I was making while I was doing it. So glad we don't have a video podcast. Oh, dude, this ugh. is just like. Yeah, you're, you, your face is turning inside out right I now. I do not. I, like, here's the thing. Actually doing this, actually seeing it. Right. I'd be totally fine with it. You describing it to me, though. <laughs> I just sit there and just like, no, I don't uh, want do to. Not want. It's in my brain. I have to think about <laughs> it. And I feel it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Miss Piggy. It's uh, and it makes you sneeze because it's up there, and your even your body's like, this isn't good. This isn't good. Get it out. <laughs> so, mm. yeah, four times, five times in the right nose, four or five times in the left nose. Turn my face the other way. Luckily, in my own car, I just sneeze really hard because it's tickling the shit out of your brain. Give it back to her, and then you get to wait for. In my case, I had to wait two days before I got the answer. And it's funny, it's a little bit of a psychological thing in your head now because now I'm not thinking, oh my God, what if I have COVID for myself? I'm thinking, shit, who have I been close to? Now, I've been super diligent about wearing a mask everywhere and not being close to people. So my list is probably like Anne, but it's still Chuli. like, well, you know, he's too dumb to get COVID, dude. Truly, the Zen of Truly, COVID doesn't even, even if he was a human, he'd be like, nah, too cool for COVID. Too cool for COVID. <laughs> yeah, so. No COVID, just bronchitis. I get to cough for another month probably. But boy, people give you a dirty look when you cough. Oh, yeah. You're like, eh, they're like, what? Satan? Huh? I do oh. the grocery store just for fun. <laughs> and that's how Jensen clears an aisle. <laughs> that's how I get it. You just out walk through. <laughs> oh, no, sir. Please, you have the ice cream. Is it hot in here? It just seems really hot in here. Oh, God, <laughs> I, I can't smell or taste anything. I don't, get, I don't know why I buy the nice stuff. I can't taste it. I don't taste the difference. Is your butthole itch too? Wait, that's not COVID? Okay. <laughs> That's just a random one. Oh, guess what else I did? This is non-motorcycle related, but I'm super excited about it. <laughs> I, I, I ordered... just want to know where butt itch. Well, that's <laughs> fine. Then jump to where you're <laughs> this about is, to this go. Is the people who follow me on uh, Facebook nuts. will be like, this idiot. Um, I bought a bidet. Did you really? I did. Because So while you were gone, state of Oregon has gone into a new freeze. So we're basically tightening back up again. I did notice when I went to the grocery store today that half of the toilet paper aisle is just gone. Right. 
Thanks, people. Yeah, I don't understand what part of stay home or not even stay home. They're basically like, hey, don't have huge gatherings in your house. And if you're not an essential worker, stay the fuck home for like two weeks. Multnomah County, which is the county we live in, which is the more dense, most dense uh, county, that's four weeks. But apparently that equates to buy all the toilet paper and keep your butthole as clean as possible, which let's face it, probably most of you don't finish wiping. But anyways, you don't do a courtesy wipe. What? I always do the checker, the check wipe. Fuck yeah, man. People I, don't use, do that? I use a moist towelette too. That sounds weird. No, it's not. It's your, it's your b-hole. But that see sounds, now, today, you don't have to worry about it anymore. Yeah. T-Man asked me, hey, did you get the one that warms your butt? No, babe. It's the morning thing. It's going to wake you up. You'll thank me. She won't thank me. No. <laughs> no. no. We're going to have probably marriage counseling. Oh, my now. God. Why wouldn't you get the warm one? If you're going to commit to it, why don't you get the like the fancy schmancy warming it with the hot air and it reads your horoscope. The one I want costs too much money for that. Like the Japanese style the Japanese ones, one, all yeah. the buttons. Yeah, yeah. yeah they no. are like, what, like eight grand? There's something stupid. Yeah, they're super expensive. But I got the... Can the, you put a price on your hiney, though? Uh, apparently I can. $80. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Everyone, every man's got their price. <laughs> That's right. So last week I bought an Aprilia. I wrote it. Had a lot of fun. Had a cough. Not COVID positive, and I got a, a bidet. Okay, there you go. I don't it's have to worry about toilet paper. See, it's pretty solid. Solid. Yeah. How have uh, you been? You know, just uh, <laughs> not doing any of those things. Uh, yeah. No, I, I've, I've, yeah. Just it's weird because it it should be Eichma and it should be Intermont and it should be all these trade shows and. Like I should have like lost my mind a couple days ago and it's not, it's, it's still like new bike season, but like every day you kind of have one or two bikes you have to write a story about and then you kind of get on for the rest of the day. Yeah. And, uh, that's been like really, Do you feel more relaxed than last year during ICMA because ICMA is usually no. kind of crazy for you. I, I, I like the ICMA format in terms of just my own personal, like getting stuff done. I don't think it produces very good content from journalists because we're all scrambling to get stuff done. Right. I don't think it's good in a sense of like, Hey, I'm going to release my new motorcycle alongside 40 other motorcycles. <laughs> and like, if you're really lucky, you're the bike everyone pays attention to, but most likely not. Uh, your name has to be Ducati for that. Usually. Well, even then, like, like it doesn't necessarily have to be Ducati, but like there's, you go to Eichmann, there's like one, there's more than one. There's usually like three bikes or so that like really, get the attention really get the headlines really get yeah. like i can see on the site they really get the clicks and then everything else not so much and right now like it was funny because when we we wanted to record last week and when we had the covid thing i really wanted to ask you about the ducati launch for the x diavel and the scrambler the scrambler and, and all that because it was like it was like a whole day devoted to bikes i didn't care about right and like maybe I'd write a story about them if it was ICMA, but it definitely wouldn't have been my priority list. It would have been like one of my cleanup days because like ICMA, like the, the launches are like Tuesday, Wednesday. Those would have been like Friday bikes where it's right. like, oh fuck yeah, I gotta go, I gotta loop back and get some of those, those like model updates or that color scheme change or maybe this was this was like a random story that I think that's cool and like it would get filtered in like on a Friday. And I was something going like. Wow, these are kind of like they're just out there. Like if you had a slow news day, it was like a pretty busy week. But if it had been a slower day, like I could see everyone picking up those. But a lot of people <laughs> did pick them up. It's kind of fun to get a call from Ducati North America, like, "Hey, what'd you think of those? Huh? Huh?" We're like, "Of of what? Of what? The, the X Yavel? The what? The what? 
So disappointing. <laughs> well, but it's interesting because they like they drop a bomb and then they like simmer, 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 and then drop a bomb and then simmer, simmer, simmer. So maybe they'll drop another bomb. It maybe. I mean, you 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 know what they're going to drop, so you you have a little bit of a, an inside line on it. But like I was thinking about that too, where you come out with multi strata V four, right? But everyone knows you're coming out with a multi strata V four. Yeah, you've been leaking that for a year now. You've been you've been churning that 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 butter for a while. The butter. Um. Too much. <laughs> no, we're not doing it again. Come on. <laughs> um, and then like it's like the it's like making a mixtape, right? Ooh. Like go all the way back to like, you. You've watched High Fidelity. Oh yeah. You, you know John Cusack is like this is how you make a mixtape. You gotta you gotta come in and you gotta wow them. And then the next track you take it up a notch. <laughs> but the third track you gotta bring it back down. <laughs> and then you build it back up. And I was gonna think like that's the same way with like it should be with like Ducati's announcements, but it's not. V4, like, okay, you came in pretty strong. Everyone's right. expecting it, yeah. but going to be a thing. That's That would have been a headline bike at ICMA. But then, like, your next track was, hey, check out all these scramblers. Don't they just look like the old scramblers? We're going to try and kind of pretend there's new scramblers, but there's no new scramblers. But it's a new, darker scrambler. <sighs> what, what, the story there, and I almost thought about writing it, was that there was no new scramblers. Right. Like, that. Like I would have expected at least something. At least that Desert X bike, or at least... You know, I'm, I was something. I'm, I'm still genuinely surprised they didn't because Ducati typically has a five year cycle, and the Scrambler came out in 2015. So, like, I was expecting like some crazy thing to come something. out in 2020. I, I also wonder if they were last year they were showing those two Scrambler concepts, the Supermoto and the yep, Desert X. Yep. And I wonder if they got there's a lot of really positive feedback about the Desert X, but there was also some pretty critical things of like, hey, like an air cooled adventure bike, like right. just just stop it, stop it. Uh, and you and I have said that before. And I wonder if that, truthfully, if they took that feedback, we're like, wow, that was going to be our bike for next year. And now we're just not going to do that. Interestingly enough, I think they're having that conversation internally as well. And I had another long conversation about the whole thing. And just want to, just for the record, yeah. did not have talk about Ducati. Oh, as man, that's the, next the thing Honda on, on your screen. We'll get there. <laughs> this is unintentional. This is what you get when your co-host works at a Ducati dealership. Yeah. That's just, that's my little world right now, man. Um, we never, we never no, I think, I think. Design-wise, gorgeous, but yeah, you know, let's let's uh, you know, rearrange the guts a little bit. But I mean, what manufacturer doesn't want to keep using the same tooling, right? Just fucking milk it for what it's worth. Oh, that motor's been around for so long. Oh yeah, forever. So long. But I'm um, having just seen what came out today. Today? No, today? today's Thursday. Yes, yesterday. Yesterday. Yeah. Day is blurred together for me. Yesterday was tasty. Um, but even I mean, then. I liked it. I mean, we can. I, I do have that on my list to talk about, but I, I'm still kind of like sitting here, like overall disappointed in what I've seen from Ducati. Well, again, we're recycling, but like to me, when the the one came out yesterday, I was like, "That's what you should have done in the beginning." But I see what you've done here. You what kept you, me excited for like a while. Which one are you talking about? I'm talking about the 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 SP. Yeah, it looks good. It's a pretty bike. We're talking about 000, the 2021 thirty-seven thousand dollars though. Panigale. So it's essentially the replacement for the R for this year. There is no R for 2021, I believe. I haven't seen one. There's got to be because they need it for homologation. I haven't seen one. There's got to be. They can't homologate an 1100cc bike. I know. This is not a homologation bike. This has got S, S suspension on it and the cheater engine. Well, I mean, you know, 1100cc. They do this, though. They always have like a Corsa or an SP yeah. or a special. This is their special. It's their this special. Is, this is their prettiest paint color really as far as I'm concerned. It looks really good. Like it looks good in that sort of winter test livery thing. Everything's black. Everything's black. You get the the uh, the dry clutch. You get the carbon wheels. 
Um, the R aluminum tank. Yep. A couple other nice tasty bits for 37 grand. 37 grand. That's a lot of money. It's but a lot of. it's so dang pretty. We, we, we sold a bunch of them today. Did you? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Because there's a part of me like, I, I, I will 100 admit that I drooled over that. And I was like, that's a, that's a spicy meatball. I yeah, like that. I want that bike. But then I was also like, for nine grand, could I buy a V4S, paint the fairings black and buy some wheels and just call it done? I mean, because it's kind of, it's kind of a paint job parts been special. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know how much those wheels cost. They got to be like three, four grand. Yeah. They're about four grand for the wheels. Probably a grand job is going to cost you at least if you're getting a good paint job, at least 15, 1600, two grand. And then all know. the other little bits, you add them up together. That, that, that dry clutch kit itself is like 3,800 bucks plus the install. No way. $3,800. Yes we sell that shit, bro. Seriously? Yeah. Is there gold inside of it? A little bit. Okay. Little nugs of it. Little I mean, there's a little gold, I guess. Um, yeah, so it's it's cheaper to buy that bike than to part spin it. It's and that's typical of Ducati. Like, do you want to? Do you want to buy guess. a re- regular one and not have the cool factory version with the tricolore on the tips of the wing? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I like that little touch. That's fair. That's fair. It's it's a really good looking thing. I, I just was like, wow, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money for a super bike. You know, know, in this day and age, when a Honda CBR 1000 RRRRRRR costs the triple R $28,000 with cast fucking wheels on it, yeah, I'm going to buy that Ducati. There's a little bit of that. I don't feel like that justifies the Ducati. I feel like that just makes Honda look a little serious, uh, silly. I mean, I'm just maybe Honda is just setting the precedent. Like, this is the normal now, guys. Bookend that <laughs> with the Honda Trail 125. Now we're talking excitement, bro. $3,900 MSRP. I, I would put that. That bike would go in my garage. Yeah. That bike, that bike I think, has, has beaten the Grom. Well, actually, the Monkey, to be honest with you. Yeah. I mean, this is the thing with with the that what they call their mini moto lineup is there's a little, there's a flavor for everyone in there, right? Um, the only thing that gets a little weirder, wonky, or different is whether or not they put the auto clutch on, because hmm. um, the Super Cub and the Trail get the auto clutch, and I believe the Monkey and the Grom obviously do not. And I'm trying to remember with the monkey. I think I, I think I'm trying to remember back to the monkey launch. I'm pretty sure I told Honda you should put this on with an auto clutch, or you should have at least available with an auto clutch. Do you think that would avail it to a, a wider variety of riders? I think so. I think I think why not? Right? Yeah. I don't know what the cost difference is going to be in terms of manufacturing and all that. Considering how close in price all the bikes are, right. I can't imagine it's adding a lot. Is it the same motor on all three of them at this point? Yeah. Oh, well, or all four of them now. Yeah. So they haven't announced it yet for the U.S. market, but they announced it for Southeast Asia. But there's a new Grom coming Ooh. that has a five-speed gearbox. Whoa. But I don't know if they changed the motor at all. I know the gearbox is different. This thing will go 64 miles an hour. Yeah, right. So, but yeah, they're all basically the same, you know, 10 horsepower. Not even 10, 9 horsepower. Not, not even 9. It's like 8.9 I've seen horsepower. kits where it'll bring you up to a staggering 12 horsepower. There are so many kits. I rode one with like 12 horses, and I was like, that might be too much on this. You can bolt a CBR 300 <laughs> motor into that fucker if you want. I, You know, uh, no, I don't That's want to. That's a good to. time. I don't want to. It's like buying a Miata and putting an LS motor. I know you can do it, but why? Because you can. Because power. <laughs> <laughs> because you can. <laughs> why, why climb Mount Everest? Because it's there. But Jensen, you and I always talk about the merits of a low horsepower vehicle, motorcycles specifically, being so much more fun now. They are. They are. I. 
if I could say only one bad thing about the Honda Trail okay. 125, I what? only have only have one real Bite criticism. Your There's no bad things. I only have one real criticism. Okay. I would like it to have a little bit more power. I'm not talking a lot. <laughs> like it, it literally is it's just under nine horsepower. Like 15 horsepower. Like, is it because it's more regular sized? It's just because like just getting off from like a stoplight, just kind of going up some hills. Like there are situations where like I, I literally remember we're in we did the launch in Julian, California, which is home of apple pie, apparently. Hmm. Um, Do you have any? No, I don't like apple pie. What? I just don't. I don't You're like I don't like my fruit warm. It's <sighs> weird. It's a weird thing you people <sighs> do. Well, my apples. Let me guess you don't drink crisp. a pumpkin spice latte either. No, I'm not named Karen. Are you an animal? Are you a heathen? <laughs> Take that ruckus outside. Jesus wept. Um but I remember we were at a stop sign and it had like a little bit of an incline. And like and, <laughs> I, and I go and I like I whack the, the throttle like just wide <laughs> open. And I literally for like ten I got two kicks with my leg of pushing the bike faster than we were going. <laughs> and I was just going like, I just need a little bit more. I'm not asking for a lot. 12 horsepower, whatever it is. Something. Just a little bit more. That's all I need. Just a little bit. It's not top speeds like mid fifties. Uh, you can get maybe touch 60 if you're going Sounds downhill terrifying. for tailwind, but it'll do 50. You'll do 50 fine. Like it, it's a great bike for doing like 45. That's no problem with great. that. Um, but I just wanted just a little bit more. And I know the aftermarket takes care of you on that. There's there's a really robust Grom aftermarket for performance parts that will bolt right up to this. But I just kind of, that was my only little criticism. Everything mm. else about the bike I like quite a bit. It's a fun, it's a fun kind of off-roady scooter alternative. Right. And it's got the rack on the back that's rated for 20 kilos, which is 44 pounds. That's one full milk cart- carton. But... In Asia, they turn that into, well, it can be the option of a passenger seat, and they'll put passenger pegs on the swing arm, and they don't change anything in terms of, like, mechanical structure. So that that you can just take a one and put that in front of the pound rating because that's they'll easily hold 150 pounds. But, again, as our earlier conversation indicated, you and I are bigger than the average Italian or Asian. Yeah. So, like, if there was a seat and passenger, you'd be fucking sure I'd sit in the back with you just so we can go around town. But, well, that's the thing. Like, you wouldn't have the power to really bring two, like, adults to, to any the sort of speed. The two of us are over 400 pounds together. Oh, yeah. So. Oh my God. Come on. Like, almost 500 pounds that's probably. <laughs> um, but it, it does it does pretty well off-road. We did some gravel roads. We did a... Nice. We did a trail that wasn't... It wasn't like gnarly or anything, but like there was definitely like some some baby head rocks and like stuff that we had to kind of crawl over, <laughs> and it does okay. Um, it's tall. It's hard for someone my height to get out of the saddle. It's just a little too low with the bars. Uh, but I have that issue with just about any off road bike on the market. I'm just too fucking tall. Um, big boy. We took it off some sweet jumps. Did pretty good. <laughs> I did some sweet jumps. Uh, I would not buy any of the ones from the press fleet because they're going to come pretty abused. And judging yeah, I saw from, the picture you put up. I'm actually trying to look for it right now. Mine's pretty tame compared to some of the others. Mister Mister Zach Quartz of, of I Ramzilla. mean Zach Quartz always sends it though. Well, well, here's 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 the story, right? So we're at, we come up like this this road, this pretty. I was going to say gnarly hill climb. It's not. It, it would be a total easy thing to do on a dirt bike, but because of these bikes, it's kind of at the limit. Of what they can do. <laughs> and, 
know, we get to the top of it and there's like these kind of irrigation kind of whoops that would be like, they're perfect for jumps and, right. we're, and we're jumping them on the way up. We go there go, Hey, that'd be cool to get some jump photos. So like one by one, we go down and come back up and I can't from like where we were staged, we couldn't see the jump itself. It was too, it was hidden by like the ravine of, of the vegetation, but you could see people's helmets. So you see like <laughs> one rider go and you see like, just like, you just see like their head. And you see another rider go, and it's like, oh, it's just like half, like the top half of their helmet. And then you see Zach go, and you see like up to his like torso. <laughs> you see his belly button. And you're just like, that's considerably higher than everyone else's. <laughs> <laughs> He's like four feet off the ground or something stupid. <laughs> he is tall, though. He is tall. But um, he he got a lot of air. I, I shouldn't, I'm looking forward to that photo. I mean, you look like you're genuinely having a good old time on this bike. Well, I, I chose the uh, the the helmets that we used for the Goldwing show. Yeah. The these three Wait, quarter what show the what I don't even know what the you're three the three quarter awry with like the clear show because I wanted to do the clear shows because you can actually see like facial expressions I thought that would be fun <laughs> so I'm, I'm definitely making faces I like it um yeah it's a fun bike it's got ABS on the front wheel it's it's you can lock up the rear wheel four speed gearbox auto clutch a little a little hard to shift like to to shift smoothly you kind of have to play with how quickly you shift the lever it's, it's kind of an odd thing there's 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 technically two clutches on this gearbox hmm. there's the centrifugal clutch that's that's on the crank so when that when it spins you know it engages the clutch and when it stops spinning it you know or when you stop moving i should say the crank's always moving um but that that's pretty normal hmm. but then there's also a spring-loaded clutch that's based off the shifter so when you actually depress or because it's got a heel and a toe shifter. When you depress the shifter, that's actually pulling the clutch pack apart, you know, with the springs. So how quickly you you press the shifter is also how quickly the clutch engages and disengages. It's kind of a weird thing. It's really hard to do if your foot like smoothly. Yeah. I mean like excuse me. I'm in an adventure boots too, so it's like super hard. But um I'm almost surprised they didn't just put a CVT on this thing. I think it just would have cost too much money. I get, that's that's amazing. I mean, you have CVTs on every scooter out there at this point. They're really like this is. I mean, this is kind of a funny bike in the sense like it's coming to the U.S. market, but it was definitely designed for Asia. Oh yeah, but um, it'd be a great grocery getter. It'd be a great pit bike. It'd be just like anywhere you would want to use a scooter. I think it's a cooler, more fun option. Right. And then it's got that kind of dual sportability. Um, you can buy knobby tires for that wheel size. It's amazing. Um, you know, it's so like if you had like a an RV or an Overlander type of van kind of deal. Right. It'd be a great like camp bike to, you know, like rip down a trail to a fishing hole or whatever you got to do. Does it weigh more than 250 pounds? Yeah, but barely. It's like 260. Wow. It's 259 wet. That's so, not bad. It feels really light. You know, you can you can muscle it around pretty easily. Uh, it's a good little bike. It's kind of neat to see the photo of it side by side with that 110, the old school one. It looks, they did a really good Hard job to tell the difference. of mimicking that. And the fun part is, is the first motorcycle I ever rode, Honda Trail 110. Oh, shit. When I was like 14, 15 years oh, old. Oh, shit. Take so, it back. Old school. Yeah. So it's kind of full circle. Um, yeah, I get into it. I think they did a good job with it. I like it. I like yeah. it a lot. I'm a big fan of these. I mean, in Iran, when I was a little kid, these little things were all over the place. The the old ones. Yeah. So like All the CTs. Yeah. Yeah. It's just neat to see this. There's just nostalgic part of me that wants one so fun factoid 
this bike was born in America. Hmm. Um, the original story goes, there was a dealer. I forget. I think it was up in Washington. There was a dealer who was just selling like a boat ton of super cups. And Honda was like, how is this guy in Podunk? Like our number one super cub dealer. Hmm. And it turns out they go up and they visit him. It turns out that he was selling them to like campers and adventure people and trail people. Cause like he was himself modifying them with knobby tires. And, and I don't know if he was changing the suspension or what, but he was making them more off road. Hmm. And Honda was like, Oh, Hey, like there's a market for this. We should start making one of our own. And that's how the CT line or as it's known in America, the trail line uh, came to be. You see, sometimes necessity will make some really cool things. I like it a lot. I'm actually, I'm glad you got to ride it. Um, did you really get into like a uh, archery thing? Yeah, man, I fucking won. Cause that's that's how Daddy does. Fucking Katniss Everdeen over here. Yeah. No, we had a little had a little archery competition. Um. If the system falls apart and society breaks down, I've discovered my colleagues are all going to starve. But you're going to be able to shoot down this probably what, one of those starving colleagues and eat them. This is what I didn't tell them until afterwards. Fucking Eagle Scout over here got the archery merit patch, right? Oh, shit. It wasn't my first time with a bow and arrow, oh, if you know what I'm talking you about. Had a little, you had a little something in your uh, back pocket a little, there. A little ring ding dingy. So, yeah, it was fun. I got a cool a cool knife out of it from. I'm, uh, I'm pretty jealous of your new piece of cutlery. Quinn Quinn knives from, from Julian. If you're in Julian, check out their shop. I like it. Little plug there. So yeah, that was cool. Um, yeah, it was a good time. It was a good bike. I mean, it's one of those things like that. A bike like that, I'm always gonna want to see cheaper. I, not that I have like really any issue with the thirty nine hundred dollar price tag. I just. But if it was thirty four ninety nine, I'd be even happier. Right. It's just one of those things, like as cheap as you can get it, because it really is that that sweet spot. But you know, it's I had someone was giving me grief on on social media about the price because I said it was affordable. And they're like affordable, isn't it? Like four thousand dollars? And like, well, affordable. Like name name me a motorcycle that that's that's below that price because the cheapest motorcycle on the market is the KTM two hundred Duke, and that's a four thousand dollar motorcycle. So you're sitting here going like, this is, this is, I mean, it's obviously not a full size bike, but it's pretty close and it's 3,900. Like it's literally one of the cheapest two wheeled vehicles on the market. I think that's probably that one of the cheapest. from like China and like a total like right. fall apart piece of junk. Full warranty on there. It probably is going to cost next to nothing to run this thing. We'll run forever. It gets a hundred miles right. to the gallon. So that's just like, man, tough crowd. But I would like I, I do like sympathize like I would love it cheaper. I would love it at thirty five hundred. I'd love it even more at three thousand. But you know, the Honda's got their price in. I don't I don't fault them for twenty for thirty nine hundred. But yeah, I think they're gonna sell a boat ton of them. I'm pretty sure the first first batch already sold out. I mean, to be fair, they've been selling a boat ton of these forever, forever. But not in the U.S. <laughs> it, coming back to the U.S. is really the story. Yeah, that'll be pretty cool. That's pretty good. Uh, you know what else is not coming back? What? Oh, I'm sad. So sad. I just realized there's three bikes in their lineup there's, that aren't coming back. Yeah. So this is this is Yamaha. Um, they're so sneaky about this. Like they just kind of. I'm trying to see if I can find the exact. I like that wording. people online are like, "Well, it's coming back in track day form." Well, yeah, but in Europe, I don't. I, I sent. Well, this is fun. I sent an email to to Yamaha USA asking if they were going to do the track bike thing here and. 
you know, North America as well. Of course, didn't get a response back, but what? Um, you know, I tried. Um, but yeah, it's funny. Like, so no more Yamaha YZF R6. I mean, that's like, that's like saying no more Kleenex. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, there's other brands that'll make a nose tissue, but it's a Kleenex, bro. So what'd they get rid of? Where's, here's the line. What do you think this is going to do to R6 prices? Tank. They're going to tank? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm talking like all the used ones that are out there, all the ones that are in the dealership. Um, that's a good question. So, so here's the line, right? It says, with deep consideration of evolving global market trends and regulations that limit production volumes on certain models, the following Yamaha models will be discontinued after model year 2020. YZF-R6, VMAX, WR250R, and S-Max. Well, enough. That's fairness. like after that's, the VMAX left before. So this is the start of the press release, and it goes all the way down, and that line's right there at the bottom. Just kind of like, oh, by the way, oh, by the way, I forgot Dang. to mention one of the most iconic motorcycles ever made. Hey, uh, before everybody leaves, uh, no more R6. Just by the way, <laughs> just as an aside. <laughs> yeah, I know you guys are here for the thing. main course, uh, but there's no dessert later. Um, I that's, think I wrote that's on a sad thing that R6 has been in like my world ever since I was like writing I, yeah i wrote on facebook it's like finding out that a friend had died right it's sad because you're just like oh that sucks and it's I've, so bizarre because like i, I kind of get it it's like a, it's like a domino effect because europe europe sells like a couple hundred of these a year right they don't sell a lot of no there. and europe was like we're done with this nonsense and whatever we have left over let's just call that a track bike we'll just we'll just say they're track bikes and we'll sell them with track parts and then Yamaha Japan was like, okay, well, if you guys aren't going to buy it. Do you think then, this is a trend? Because we were just talking about, mm-hmm. not that long ago, in a couple episodes ago, we were talking about the the downfall of the 600cc. I think it's interesting because World Super Sport, World Superbike, for the 600 class, they're like trying to revamp that formula and they're going to let in like 765. Right. Three cylinders. They're going to let the Panigale 959 in there. Well, now the, now we call it the V2. Right. Um, so they're trying to like mix it up a little bit. And I do think there is something there um, that could be interesting. I don't know. It doesn't make sense for there to be racing that's like 700cc twins and then jumps up to Superbike. Right. There needs to be something in between. And I kind of like the idea of like a 900cc twin or an 800cc triple or a 600cc four cylinder, something like that. So there's a part of me that's like, well, we're just getting rid of one. Like like, like that new formula for, for Superbike. It's like, well, like, 600 cc four cylinders are going to be in there somewhere right like you didn't really fix the problem you're just kind of diversifying the 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 field as it were right the grid so i'm like i don't know um i do think it get i've always thought it was a little bit of a chicken in the egg like looking at how stagnant that the product has been in that space like there isn't a compelling motorcycle and that and that to me is so weird because like i think 600 cc super sports are the perfect track bike enough horsepower that it's fun right light enough and not too powerful that like you develop bad habits or don't have to perfect your riding skill like leader bikes make you lazy 
That's all they do on the track. They make you super lazy, especially now with 200 horsepower bikes. Like you have to either be in like the best shape of your life, a great motorcyclist that knows how to use every electronic aid and every little thing mechanically and set the bike up perfectly and have a tire budget. That's a mile long. Right. There's that. Or you're just out there being lazy. And like, I, I can tell you this as a motorcycle journalist, like I, I don't know that many people that truly can ride a superbike now. And I don't know if I'm in that group or not. And I don't know how many of my colleagues are actually in that group. There's probably like Zach three Hortz. people in the U S that I'd be like, yeah, that guy can ride a fucking superbike. Um, and so that's kind of crazy. And that's why I think like the 600 CCs are, are such a great thing because they're more approachable. You still have to learn a lot. You still have to mature as a rider, but they're not going to spoil you. So to see it go away, I think that's a huge mistake because it's such an important segment. And then I look at like what the Japanese brands have done. And you're sitting there and there's like your products like 10 years old. Yeah, nothing's been renewed. Even though R6 was yeah. just given a facelift. There still isn't a bike in this segment that has an IMU. MV Augusta was supposed to come out with one like two years ago and they still haven't. And you kind of sit there and you're like, like I can buy a $10,000 sport bike. I can buy a KTM. I can buy, um, what was, what were we just drilling over the other day? Uh, RS 660. Mm-hmm. I can buy something like that for, for around ten eleven thousand $11,000. And it has a six axis IMU with traction control and wheeling control and corner and ABS and all this cool shit. But like the 600 CC bike, like the one that's just, you know, one, one tier down from the best thing you sell doesn't have that. That's weird to me. Yeah, that to me just, you it know, just, that, that might just be me reading between the lines, but that to, to me usually means, all right, they're looking to phase them out. If they're not renewing them, if they're not putting R&D money into them, then they're just phasing them out. And it's not really even, I mean, how much R&D are you going to put into this thing? You've already developed it. It already exists. It's on other models. But if the 600cc, you know, well, inline four specifically class is just stagnant for this long, it means they're not putting money into them. And, and I mean, that's fine that they're the perfect track bike, but if they're not selling, and again, chicken and the egg, right? Why is it not selling? Is it because it hasn't been... That's my point. Right, right. But at this point, it's a dead-ass horse, right? And they're just trying to get whatever they can out of it. You got to, you know, is is it going to be like uh, Suzuki is just still going to make the GSX-R750, even though there's no real reason for it? Or... Are they just going to get rid of all the bikes altogether? Because you still have the ZX6R. You still have the CBR600. You still have a GSX-R600. But uh, they're not really something people are talking about that much anymore. I think it's a, if you build it, they will come kind of thing. You know, like I just, that that's where I get kind of like, I think it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy where you're not going to update the lineup. So the sales get worse. Right. So you're like, oh, oh, the sales are so bad. We're not going to update it. And it's just... Well, yeah, I think it takes someone to take a take a chance because you look at bikes like the MV goes to F3, which is a bad example because it's not going to sell a lot of units, but people get excited about that bike. It's a good-looking bike. It's right. interesting. It's got probably the most cutting-edge electronics in the class. Uh, it, makes, it makes a f- ton of power. Yeah, but that's got sex appeal. It's got a lot of sex appeal. And I think like when you're giving me the same Jixxer 600 or Honda CBR 600 or R6 or zx6r that you've been giving me for the last however many freaking years um it's a hard proposition to to get excited about and i think we've had this conversation before we were like 
Ducati comes out with a 600cc V4. Right. I would lose my, I would, I would buy one. Oh, I'd lose my shit over it. I, if tw- and, and like, I remember like, they were saying like, well, would you buy a $20,000 super? I would. I would mm-hmm. buy a $20,000 600 because I think that would be the perfect track bike. I'd have so much fun on that thing. And mm. it would just be rad. It would just, it'd be something different. It'd be cool. It'd be rad. I think, I think Aprilia has missed the, the opportunity with that as well. And, you know, I think, KTM, if they were really smart, could do something really interesting with their 890 motor in a V-twin chassis, kind of like what Kramer's done. Mm-hmm. Um, the Ducati V2 is kind of in that space, but it's just a little too big. It's a little too... It's a little, it's just too close to a leader bike to make sense in that regard. It's interesting. It's almost like we're seeing the manufacturers go, you know, the sport bike segment and that smaller displacement side is just not really doing anything it's because we're not doing anything but it's not doing anything either and so you know maybe we think people want to spend money on a fancier bigger more powerful version of that thing so you know we're going to sell a, a liter bike we're going to sell a 1200 cc or 1300 cc bike and those are the ones you see all the excitement about that's where all the sex appeal is that's where all the thing is and at the end of the day i mean we always talk about how motorcycling is essentially in america anyways it's the most expensive accessory you can buy, right? So if you're going to spend money on this accessory and you've been told all these years, ah, oh, it's just a 600, it doesn't have that much power. If you, had right. any real, if you had any real brass, you'd buy a leader bike, right? Right. And so now it's happened. What's happened is there was so much magazine jargon about all oh, the most powerful this and all oh, the, the coolest technology of that and the R1 has got, you know, drift control on there and, you know, the IMUs get on the big bikes and it gets trickled down to these little ones. And so they were always, in my mind, sort of treated as afterthoughts. Do I think a 600cc is a better track bike or better bike for someone to learn how to ride on if they want to be on a sport bike? Fuck yeah, absolutely, without a doubt. That doesn't make them where they sell, though, unfortunately. And and it's we've talked about this in so many different you know versions of you know what it takes to sell something and what people are doing right or wrong. And it's it's such a such a big conversation because it it takes the manufacturer it takes this this you know the the journalists it takes this retailers it takes everybody sort of talking about it at a different light to give it back a sex appeal but at this point that ship's pretty much sailed and we're watching the big four anyways kind of be like eh, i think this is not really a thing anymore yeah to the point where kawasaki's like hey guys we have one you can buy for less than 10 grand yeah still not selling very well though. And it's not, and it's a good bike. The thing I think, I think you, I think you hit it on the head. I feel like they just painted themselves into a corner, right? And now they're they're run out of room. They've run out of paint, and they're just like, all right, we give up. And I think what's going to take it to recover is it's probably going to be the European brands who don't come out with a 600 cc inline four. They come out with something different, whether it's a 600 cc V4, right? Uh, we've already seen Triumph playing around with the 765 triple. You've seen KTM playing around with the 900 CC twin. It's going to be something like that, where it's like, hey, here's something that's a little bit outside the mold, a little bit more refined, a little bit more electronics. Yeah, it's going to have a little premium price because we're a premium brand, but you'll pay it. Right. And that might maybe wake the Japanese brands like, oh, hey, look what they can do. Look what they're hey. doing with these bikes. And they're selling thousands of those. Let's retool our formula or something yeah let's here. let's let's make it cheaper and more i don't know more widely available 
I don't know if cheaper is going to work, but like I feel like the system needs to crash so it can reboot. Maybe that's what's happening though. Maybe we're watching it just taking its like last couple of breaths. No, I think we definitely are, right? Because we were supposed to see updated Jixer 600, Jixer 750. Like I miss those years, years where we saw ago. it every two years. Every two years, there was a new updated cool version of it. Yeah, we were also selling like 10,000 units a year at that right. point in time. But we were, there was really credible, really credible rumors that right after the Jixer 1000 got updated, we were going to see 600 and 750 drop. And we haven't. And we also haven't seen the Hayabusa get updated. And that's been rife with, yeah. with rumors and, and evidence. Um, I mean, maybe there's still time. I mean, that's like a Suzuki thing, maybe. But then you look at like Honda got rid of the 600 uh, in Europe and is only updating it for Japan. Right. The R6 is just going away completely. The ZX, they're like trying to go the other like, okay, let's just take everything off of it and make it like $10,000 and see if people will buy that. We're going to call it the ZX6E. Remember that thing? I think they're just going the wrong way with it. It's just like, I don't think people want a stripped down 600. I think they want a 600 that's got everything on it. Right. Otherwise, they're going to go buy a twin. The problem is most of these bikes, Jensen, that get sold around here are being ridden on the streets. And when you're, that. when you're riding on the street, do you want a little 600cc that you have to wind up to 18,000 RPM to get it to do anything? No, or you do you buy a leader yeah. bike? No, you're right. You're right. And that's how, and that's part of it, too, is like they were kind of going down that. that Maybe that was part of the racing regulations was kind of killing them, too, where it's like, hey, it has to be a 600cc four cylinder okay right. well the only way we can make 130 horsepower of that is if we rev it to the moon and right. you know make our horsepower through revs and it doesn't make any torque yeah now you got to deal with emissions and noise and yeah. blah, blah blah and i mean that's why something like the duke 790 is such a great bike right because it's got just the right amount of power and that power is accessible just about everywhere in the rev range mm -hmm. and it's more comfortable and it's fun and price wise it's pretty good and it's got all the things you want almost yeah I think that's that's probably a huge part of it. I don't know if there better be some people looking at a whiteboard right now trying to figure this problem out because the future of not having that stepping stone between like a middleweight twin right. and, a, and a leader bike right. is not, that's not going to work. Maybe they're tr trying to figure out how to have that that thing without it being an inline four. Maybe the parallel twin is the answer. Maybe Aprilia's got the right idea. Maybe yeah. you get a lightweight bike that makes just over 100 horsepower and pretty fun to ride. I would love to see manufacturers get crazy with it. I think it'd be rad. I think think I think that's part of that problem was they were so cookie cutter in their thinking. They were so like literally in line with each other on their yeah. thinking that it's just like you just created. They were like the light pilsners of motorcycles. If you if you had to do a blind test, you wouldn't know which one's which. Yeah, right. Seriously, if you took all the fairings off of them and then just ran them, you'd be like, all right, tell me which one's which, just by listening to it. Yeah. What's the difference? Yeah. And it's so, funny. I think I think that ship has passed because sailed. Where well, was passed? Sailed. 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 Yeah, sailed. ESL's fun. Um, and that we did it right. We we got into those little 600 inline fours we wound them up real crazy because i remember back in the day like this thing redlines 11,000. this thing redlines 13 14 15 and then suddenly the r6 came out and i remember it was a big deal it was like 17,000, which was wrong but still like 16,000 rpm it's redline. up there yeah it's insane yeah. what are you gonna do next like you gotta make a 20,000 rpm one yeah i mean like our dream bike we talk about the Tiny little V4 Ducati 600cc that redlines at 18,000 RPM. Sounds cool, but what track's going to let you run that thing with its with their noise regulations? Oh, I mean, I think most tracks would be okay. 
I don't think it's gonna, it's not gonna be any louder than what the Panigale V4 is doing. That's no, that's not a quiet bike. No, it's not. But it's like it's not getting, bike, it's not getting, it's not getting banned either, though. Right. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm. I definitely. <laughs> it's it's an interesting time. Like I wasn't expecting to see that headline. It definitely caught me off guard. I, I was caught, sad. Caught a lot of people off guard. I, I think in like the industry. It. And now I don't like. I don't know how you go forward. I don't know what's next. You know, we we um we band together. Uh, we watch some old movies. <laughs> we cry a little bit. We remember that the VMAX is also going away, but that went away once and came back. Yeah, I was like, oh, cry me a river on the VMAX. The WR250R. Which okay. is, again, another great motorcycle. Uh, so, like, uh, that's a, uh, that one always was kind of on borrowed time in the U.S. It's kind of an oddity. Dude, we don't like small displacement bikes around here, which is funny because we're all like, woo, a monkey. Yeah. I remember talking to, to Yamaha once about, like, whether or not they'd come out with, like, a dual sport 450. And they're like, oh, no, that's not sustainable. That's not sustainable in the market. And you're like, oh, don't tell Honda that, but that's okay. Well, but even Honda, I mean, they, they came out with that Rally 250, and my first words were, were they going to make a 450 version of that? Yeah. <laughs> it's not like I'm some great off-road rider. It's just because I like to pack my shit and go for a long ride, and I can't imagine doing it on a 250. I'm a little surprised that they haven't come out with a 450 Rally yet, but they got the Sierra 450L, which is... That's that's the bike. Basically the bike. That's the bike that Yamaha said couldn't be made in the US. And you're like, oh, okay. Interesting. Here it is. Other people seem to be able to do it, but you guys can't. <laughs> Some of that's just like, I don't know if that's just Yamaha bringing in the cattle, looking at 2021 as if it's going to be an apocalypse, which to be fair. To be fair. I do think 2021 is going to be kind of crazy. What? I think Boy, that's bro. part 2020 of why, was the craziest. Well, Shane, like I was gonna, I should have mentioned this earlier when we were talking about Eichmann and all that. One of the things that's been interesting in this process is to see how few bikes have come out. Yeah. And how kind of disappointing a lot of them have been. And I think part of that might be due to the fact that 2021 is gonna be crazy. Or or I shouldn't say is going to be, is it's uncertain what it's going to be. I think be. everyone's trying to be sort of conservative conservative yeah maybe yeah that's the word yeah just careful overly cautious i think that's fair i i would be cautious as well meanwhile ducati's like oh you want to see a thirty-seven thousand dollars sport bike bam bam <laughs> here you go the italians they don't give a fuck they're like ah you never know tomorrow is uh is tomorrow today we have this it does look good it's so pretty that's right it's just I, and then i go thirty-seven thousand. If you can sell this for 37, you can sell me a 600 cc V4 for 20, right? Don't give me that argument anymore, Claudio. Listen, Claudio, just do the thing. It'd be a wild bike. He owes me a favor. I'm going to call it in. He's got to build a 600 cc V4. That's that that's where you're going to use that? Yeah, that's a good use. I don't think it hey, Claudio, you I know that, think I got that much sway. <laughs> I don't think I got that much sway. Hey, Claudio, you know, you know that one segment the Japanese are pretty much killing? Uh, you should probably bring it back. You should jump in on well, that. Well, actually, I mean, I think that's not a bad investment idea. Hey, it's gone now. It's it's This is this is your chance to buy cheap Wreck and some sell shit. high. Wreck some shit. Just, just, just make it your segment and then be like, oh, I know you guys thought it was going to be $12,000. It's not. It's nineteen nine ninety five. <laughs> Make it a V6. Holy shit. Jesus. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I was just looking at a, a car video from like, I don't know. It was like a McLaren. Some, no, it was an old Ferrari 250. Um, uh, 
I forgot what it was called, but anyways, it was a three, no, it was, it was a three liter 12 cylinder. And all I could think in my head was, man, we have a four cylinder at home. It's 2.5 liters. So the idea of a 600, you know, V6 or inline six or something, that'd be like, oh my God. Teeny tiny hundred cc's just per doing all the work. Chamber. Oh my yeah. God. That'd be rad. The Europeans would do it. They've done it. They'll keep doing it. Um, you know what the Europeans keep doing that, that they should stop doing? This stupid thing. This came out today. The BMW <sighs> S1000 That R. is, <clears throat> I, I don't know how to say this without upsetting some of our friends and listeners. That is one of the ugliest fucking bikes on the planet. It is so ugly, Shane. And I love naked bikes. I love naked, powerful bikes. I sell them. So I was, I was pretty heartbroken about the R6. When I saw the S1000R today, I was so disappointed. I was so disappointed because BMW was like, "How do we make this the most boring looking thing on the planet?" Because we, you know it's powerful as fuck. No, it's not. It's not even that. It, it makes the exact same power as the previous generation bike. It makes Which 162 is, horsepower. It's a lot you, of power. You brought a 162 horsepower to bike 200 to a 200 horsepower fight. segment. <laughs> like that's the part of me where I'm like, okay. You got your brand new BMW S1000 RR Superbike. You made a rad bitchin' motor. It looks really good. You fucked up a lot of it. You fucked up a lot of it really well. But, you know, maybe in street bike form, you can redeem yourselves. And they were just like, nope. Nobody's going to keep going down that fuck you road. S1000R brought to you by the designers of the Pontiac Aztec. What are you guys doing? Yeah, exactly. Like, you make it, you make it even uglier, which I don't know how you did. You don't make any sort of performance increase, which I don't know how you did. It probably is still as buzzy and oh, horrible. That's probably the only as character you, it really as you has. did before. And you sit there just like, I feel why like it was designed by bike? committee. That's a that's a that's a design by committee vehicle right there. You're looking at it. It has zero soul. It has zero. I don't understand the the draw. Who's gonna buy it? Like, like uh, I mean, a BMW head probably will love that bike. I haven't seen pricing yet because they don't have it. Interesting a lot. Inter interest oh man my see that bike's making you tongue-tied interestingly enough you go on the bmw usa website they list the previous generation s1000r oh. as the 2021 model <laughs> even bmw usa is like no 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 no, 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 no we no, don't no. we do not that it's just too we don't want that bike. To do. <laughs> so either this is a 2022 model in the usa which is just another stupid thing like hey we're going to show it to you today it's going to be like 16 months before it gets here <laughs> You just, I'm just like, I, I mean, don't know. Yamaha did that, and they're still doing art with a T700. Yeah, that's a good bike. Yeah, but that looked good compared to this. Yeah, I mean, I just don't get it. I saw you post it up on Asphalt and Rubber, and I literally said I could not care less about this bike if I tried. I just... And it's not like, oh, you're a Ducati fan. No, no, no. I like all the naked bikes a lot. Like, I still see an old uh, Speed Triple... And I'm like, I want that bike. And this thing is just so, I don't know. It's just, it, you could tell. It was just designed to be like this, like every man's, every person's uh, naked muscle bike. It's going to be comfortable. It's going to be, I don't know. It'll have cruise control probably. You can put bags on it. And it'll be, you can be like, yeah, mine bike is as fast as your bike. You can go to the corners. But also it's boring such a a naked leader bike should never be described as boring yeah right well i just don't get it like i guess if we wanted to go like more like the roadster route like let's say they were like i'm a, we want to take on the 
we don't want to do this Ducati Street Fighter, KTM 1290 Super Duke, our nonsense. Let them sure. chase horsepower and speed freaks. We're going to get more civilized, and we'll take on the Triumph Speed Triple. Okay, or maybe the CB1000, I guess, which I think is 30,000 times prettier than that. It is. I don't get it. I want to. Listen, I don't want to make it all about looks. I get it. There's probably more than skin deep, but is there? On this bike? Mm. I, I would love to hear from one of our listeners in one shape or form after you hear this. If you like this bike, show me your math. I want to know why. And if it's just simply because you love BMW, cool. I can't argue with you, but it's hard to look at that thing next to the other bikes, even the most mundane ones, and go, oh, yeah, this is worth the money. Right, concur. I just... I can't believe the R6 is gone. You know, 2020 just keeps happening, man. It's Wednesdays. I just can't get get a whole, you know handle on Wednesdays. No, wait. Today's Thursday. See? I can't even handle it. You can't even tell the date. <laughs> um, I got nothing else to talk about, Shaheen. I'm, I'm look, did that break you? I'm just done. I'm just Is, done after that. That, that just broke your, your heart and your soul? Yeah. We can't end on a bombshell like that. Um, Facelift came for the Super Sport 950. Looks really good. Boy, you look so excited about that. Actually, that bike finally looks good. It finally I, looks good. Admittedly, not my favorite bike in the lineup in Ducati when it first came out. I, I get it. It's a really good motorcycle. But again, it was kind of like, all right, you, you made it. It's, it looks good enough. But this new version is actually a handsome bike. Yeah. I, I looked at it and was like, I, I totally long-term loan that. Yeah, I totally it. ride that. I don't know if I would buy one, but like with the bags and the, the way it looks. It does a good job of fitting in a certain segment, right? It's kind of like that, hey, I want a comfortable, sporty bike that I can ride for longer periods, but also do track days on. Great. We got one for you. Yeah. And it doesn't cost an arm and a leg. You can get one for like loaded for like 15 and a half grand. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You know, with the full Olens and the quick shift and the IMU and the nice high def and that's finally the last bike in the ducati lineup in the liquid cooled lineup that's oh, got it's got the tft the, the proper P tft yeah that led headlights and everything that was that needed to happen so i'm glad it did i'm glad it happened uh i'm looking for the names of all the anr pro sub guys because you threw down the gauntlet Shaheen. dude holy moly and people took us seriously and on the people gauntlet. answered and i feel really bad because the very first person who signed up i forgot to mention in the last show who was and that's what i'm trying to find right now because i like i like made a note to like be like okay i gotta remember bob listen it's to the point now where you're kind of getting like dares like tell you what you put out a show by friday i'll sign up for a pro mm -hmm. i saw that i saw that on our where is it i just saw it and it made me chuckle so damn hard we can, we can do that oh hell yeah just saying with the shaka all right shaheen we got to give shout outs to john all right john who's the other one Alexander. Alexander. Jason. Jason. Lynn. Lynn. And Big Jeffrey. How big is Jeffrey? He's pretty big. He works out. Big Jeffrey works out. I bet he lifts. Yeah. The only time Jeffrey doesn't lift is when he's on his motorcycle. You just keep going, bro. You pin it. Full send. Yeah. No lifting allowed. So um, big, big thanks to you guys. We didn't quite get on like a seven-day week thing here, but pretty, I'm pretty hoping close. you'll... I mean, there Forgive was a little, us a little bit with the COVID yeah, and the you know, traveling. There was a little fear of getting too sick and getting each other sick. And, you know, that's just, uh, we're going to try and get on a show out every Monday. I think that's, ooh. I think that's the plan. Ooh. Which means we have to record again at some point. Yeah, we? we do. 
Um, I mean, I showed up here late and we're still recording. It is 1130 at night right now because we're that determined to get this podcast done. And I'm going to stay up until it goes out. And also I'm an hour late. So there's that. So I appreciate you keeping me up an extra hour. I, You know, my pleasure. It <laughs> effectively kept me up an extra hour. It's a, it's a team. It's a team effort. You know, the thing is, if I hadn't done this, I would have been at home playing Call of Duty. Probably. Would you really? Probably. Okay. I'd rather be bad. doing this. I don't feel bad then. No, you shouldn't. I mean, I feel bad for me. It's I mean, like I'll, 3 a.m. when I go to bed. I go to bed around midnight-ish, so this is all right. I'm, I'm in line. I'm going to send a tweet out when I finish this podcast. It's going to be like 3 a.m. <laughs> You're going to see. I expect to wake up from a text from you at 3 a.m. Like, Oh, yeah. That's, there we go. You should. Yeah, that's going to happen. A little sign-off. I do. I, I will say, though, I definitely appreciate uh, everyone signing up for, for NR Pro. Um, I know we're kind of guilting you with it uh for the podcast that wasn't the original intention of that but uh it definitely um warms my heart to see the response from the brap talk listenership uh, our listeners are super engaging which is one of my favorite things about doing this whole thing because all i like doing is talking about motorcycles which is why i agreed to do this with you a year plus ago and i love doing it because i get to talk about motorcycles at work and then with you yeah. and then like anytime i hop online brap talk people want to talk motorcycles with me I've had so many, e I've had emails on my personal email and at work email congratulating me on my phone. I'm like, who? Oh, yeah, that's right. We talked about it on the podcast. <laughs> who are these people? So, no, you guys are awesome. Uh, it's it's super fun to be doing this. And I know we're all going a little bit stir crazy, especially with these new, uh, yet again, stay, you know, at home orders. But uh, stay safe. Listen to us. We'll talk to you. We'll uh, try and make our uh, presence known so we can have things to talk about and listen to you guys and uh i was thinking about this um i kind of want to maybe once in a while ask our listeners to let us give us like a piece of their mind so i have a question what as a listener do you rather wear leather or synthetic riding jackets and why jensen how about you it de it depends Ooh, there you go i i own i own both I think I own both in equal numbers. Um, I prefer leather, though. Do you? Yes. For all riding or for track riding specifically? For for everything except the dirt. Hmm. Uh, I, I like, if I'm going to venture riding or if I'm going dirt biking, I, I, I grab textile gear. And that's... Is it for weight reasons? No, I think it's mostly for just like season reasons. Like if I'm going to venture touring, like the, I guess it all comes down to whether or not I think I'm going to get wet. If Fair it's enough. raining outside, yeah. I don't put on a leather jacket. I put on a textile jacket. Right. If I'm going to be doing a lot of highway miles and I can only bring one, there's probably a really good chance. Unless I know for a fact it's going to be sunny the whole time. I'm going down the central Valley of California in the middle of summer. Yeah. I'll grab a leather jacket. Then. Hmm. Actually. I'd probably try and grab like a mesh jacket or something, but I'd be more inclined to wear leather than textile. Um, but yeah, no, generally like I like the textile for the versatility in terms of usually they have more venting options, more zippers. Mm -hmm. um, usually it's a little bit lighter. It's a little bit thinner and usually it's rain. It's waterproof. Yeah. So that's why I like wearing textile more than leather. I like leather on the track, um, which is, I mean, frankly, it's because it's pretty much the only option out there. But on the street, I tend to like textile better because I've, I've, for me, I've found that in the winter, it keeps me warmer and in the summer, it keeps me cooler. Uh, leather almost acts like another skin. So when it's hot, it gets hot. And when it's cold, it gets cold. Mm -hmm. uh, whereas textile doesn't seem to have that, that immediate reaction. 
So when I wear one of my textile jackets with, you know, uh, with no inner lining in the summer, I tend to be cooler. Uh, in the winter, I tend to be drier and warmer in it. So I've, I've decided to go that route. I, I, I thought about it today. I was talking about apparel with my apparel guy today and was just kind of thinking in my head, like, what would I rather wear all the time? And I'm like you, I've got an equal number of textile and leather gear at this point. You know, you're in the industry long enough, you start kind of having a collection of these things. Uh, but I, I think I, anytime I reach out for it, I reach out for one of my textiles. Now, if I want to look cool, I wear my leather. So like if I'm going to like a cool <laughs> little motorcycle thing, I want to look like a badass. I like that. If you're like, if I want to look cool, I want to look awesome and just badass, like especially on my new Tuono, my old Tuono, I wear leather, bro. Because, you know, my textile touring jacket kind of looks nerdy, although it's very comfortable and cozy. That's what I got. Uh, how should people get you their response? Right? Ah, well, you can give me a response by many ways. Uh, you can go to Instagram at BrapTalk. You can email us at, at webraptalk at gmail.com. Um, on Facebook, just look up uh, BrapTalk Motorcycle Podcast. You can write to us there. I really like seeing that stuff. And uh, Twitter, at WeBrapTalk. I would love it if people sent us an audio reply. Ooh. So I don't know the best Instagram. way of doing that. Instagram, maybe through probably the best one. a message. Oh, yeah. you can do you can do audio on Instagram, too. Yeah, totally. Or email it to us at the WeBrapTalk at Gmail. Yeah, one of my favorite things, uh, we had done one to see how far are you, like what's the farthest away listener um, uh, we have a listener in Indonesia I talked to a couple of days ago. So, oh, yeah. yeah, but when we did that thing, people like made, you know, videos. Remember one dude was bicycling like, oh know. yeah, yeah. Don't bicycle while you, while you, or do whatever. Message. If you're that good, I don't want to be responsible for you. The ability, safety third. How about it? <laughs> I don't think you're thinking about this from a liability point of view. I don't think I am at all. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> not my kid. Um, this is why I'm not a father. I'm a good uncle. I just shake up the baby, make him really excited, and give it back to the parent. Um, yeah, so reach out to us. Tell us your story of why do you rather wear one versus the other, leather versus textile, and uh, we'll get to talk about it maybe a little bit later. I want to I have a little bit more. It's the season. Uh, it's raining. I'm feeling it. I tend to be wearing more technical gear. This, I mean, I wear technical gear all the time, but like I'm super like head-to-toe. Like, tech- have you gone full arrow stitch yet? No, I haven't. I'm not quite there yet. That that requires, I think, a BMW R1250GS, and I'm not there yet. I'm full Ducati still, bro. <laughs> so that means, actually, I wear an Icon outfit, so whatever. Um, but no, I haven't done the air stitch thing. Maybe someday. Do you have one? I'm surprised you don't have one, actually. I do not. Like, you would think by now that air stitch would have given you one and be like, do a write up on this. I don't know. I would love to see the Venn diagram overlap of aerostitch riders and asphalt and rubber readers. I'm sure there is an overlap. I I'm just not is. thinking I'm at the top of the list for their publications they want to get people in front of. I, I think I think there's a lot. I'm I'm always very surprised by the the range of our listeners. We've got like the I wouldn't say like 18, 19, but I'd say like the 20 something year old to like the 50, 60 something year old. We've got a pretty good range. We get some really good, uh, good responses from a lot of them. So I'm curious. Tell us what you wear, why you wear it. Send us a voice message on Instagram or whatever you got. Tell us your story. What else you got? That's it. Let's get out of it. I got to edit this show. Go edit it. It's going to be a long night.
But I do it for the listeners. That's especially right. the ones that pay me. <laughs> I do it for the smiles and also the pro membership. And also for the dollars. Asphaltandrubber.com. Uh if you do sign up and want to keep us keep us making weekly shows, do do drop a line to Asphalt and Rubber and let me know or or hit us up on Instagram. Yeah. Because uh we definitely want to give shout outs to people as they do it because you uh you light a fire fire under the ass. Yeah, it's man. good. I like gotta, it. Gotta keep it honest. So I appreciate it. For that sheen, we say uh we say uh safety third and uh you know, make good choices and wash your fucking hands. And and don't cough on people when you're on the airplane. Just just give some space, man. Just just Six give feet a little of space, space is also the same case in the terminal, damn it. And, and don't buy so much toilet paper. Leave some for the other well, how people. How much are you wiping your butts? And whoever's buying the big bottles of Mountain Dew, not not the two liter, but like the one liter that, that they put in the refrigerator section. Are they out of those? Yeah, I don't know who's who's hoarding all of those. What the fuck? That's the real travesty. That's the real issue I have. I had to slum it with a 20 ounce for today. I'm shaking my head here in shame for you. All right, good talk. I'll see you out there. I'm out of here. Bye. <clears throat> I get all uh get all your throat clearings out first though. I can't. I've been coughing for fucking a week straight, Jensen. Even when you don't cough, you still like I added out maybe 20, 30 throat clearings a show. I'm gonna make like a I'm gonna make like a super cut one of these episodes, and that's gonna be the outtake. It's just all your make it sound like a motorcycle. Uh, I am allergic to cats, and you have a cat. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. Oh, Coda Kitty, it's all your fault. Coda, I love you. It's not your fault. I'm just allergic to cats. What a jerk. We're not all perfect. I should probably back you more. Eh.